Thank you, Jesus. And those of you at home, make sure you grab your Bibles now. Amen. Turn off the stove. Let the, just let it simmer. Put it on low, whatever. Just let it sit. Just focus in on the word. You know, while you're at home, it's kind of hard. I'm going to tell you that. Y'all ever done that at home trying to watch it? It's, it's not very easy to do so. the HPCA children. They just went all overboard. Are you in Colossians uh, 4? Okay, we're going to read two verses tonight together. Uh, let me get to it. Okay, verse 5 and 6. Ready? Read. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer each one, how you ought to answer each one. Tonight we're talking on the subject, how to deal with outsiders, how to deal with outsiders. This is part two of that. Thank you, Father, tonight for giving us opportunity tonight to spend the time in your word. Thank you, Father, that you, as your word comes, your word moves swiftly and it'll be glorified among these, your people. Thank you that your word is able to build us up and give us an inheritance among the saints of God. Thank you tonight that as the word comes, we receive it with meekness knowing it's able to save our souls. And we receive your word, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, your word, which works effectively in those who believe. We believe tonight. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, take your seats tonight. How to deal with outsiders, part two. Amen, 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 amen. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. How many understand that? I know some of you, you say, well, I'm a citizen of Florida or a citizen of St. Petersburg or a citizen of the United States or what have you, but that's your natural man. You and I are citizens of the kingdom. Many times I've heard it even said in church, we have dual citizenship. But it's interesting that the Bible doesn't talk about dual citizenship. Uh, I understand the point people are making. But the Bible says we are citizens of the kingdom. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, says our citizenship is in heaven. So my citizenship is in heaven. I'm of heaven. I'm heavenly. That's where my citizenship is. That's where I hail from. Heaven. Glory to God. And that's where we return. That's, right. that's why when Christians die in the Lord, we say they're going home to be with the Lord. Because our citizenship is in heaven. Amen? But while we're here on this earth as pilgrims and strangers, we are living in a very secularized uh, world secularized nation or even in a large part a very secularized church and we have to live differently than the world remember I gave you the scripture on Sunday where Jesus said in John 18:36, he said my kingdom is not of this world then he said in John 17 16 that they talking about the disciples thereby us we are not of this world just as he is not of this world so his kingdom is out of this world. We're in the kingdom. The kingdom is in us. 
So we're not of this world, which means that our lives are different than the world's lives, right? So what I was sharing with you on Sunday was that people outside the kingdom of God, people outside the family of God, they don't have a concept of how the kingdom operates. You know, in Jesus, uh, Mark 1.15, put it on the screen for me, please. Mark 1.15, Deacon Gershom and I were talking about this in the office before service tonight. In Mark 1.15, Jesus says something to us. Jesus came preaching, verse 14 says that, but here it says in verse 15, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What does he say? Repent and believe in the gospel. When he's saying repent, he's not saying stop sinning, although we should. But the ability to stop sinning is a result of repenting. Y'all got quiet. My ability to stop sinning my, my, my desire to stop sinning is a result of my repentance. That's plain. It must be plain because people are stunned. Okay? So repent means to change your mind, change your way of thinking. And he said, why? Because the kingdom is at hand. So when the kingdom comes, when the kingdom is at hand, there's a whole different way of thinking, a whole different way of operating that you and I have to step into because we were not born naturally into the kingdom. We were born naturally into another kingdom called the kingdom of darkness. But now we're born again into the kingdom of God. John 3 talks about that, right? So now we have to repent and believe in the gospel, believe in the good news. Okay? So we, have, we, we change our way of thinking. Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to the world, but be what? Transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. That's what repentance does. Repentance lets you, it's the, it's the beginning process of renewing your mind. So we begin to operate in a totally different way. And so the, I taught you on Sunday how those outside, those in the world, they don't have a concept of the kingdom of God. They don't have a concept of, of the ways of God, the will of God, the word of God, uh, this new lifestyle that we have. So they question everything. And they'll begin to ask us questions like, you know, why do you believe in God? Right? They'll ask you questions like, why do you read the Bible? Why do you go to church? Why do you pray? Why do you tithe? They'll definitely ask you that. Why do you tithe? Why do you give money to that church? You know, they don't believe in organized religion. <laughs> but they believe in organized government, you know. But they don't believe in these things because they can't understand it. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2. Remember we gave you that scripture Sunday, 1 Corinthians 2, 14? 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says, but the natural man, that's the unsaved man, does not receive or grasp the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Well, why? First, for they are foolish. Are y'all, is it on the screen? Okay. Let's start over then. So the person who's natural does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why? For they are foolishness to him. That's why they don't receive it. So everything we talk about is foolishness to them. What we believe. You going to church on a Wednesday night? Didn't you already go Sunday? Weren't you there four times as long as people are normally in church? <laughs> I mean, you guys have, have a three or four hour service and you already four times more than the regular people go to church. Isn't that enough? You went enough in one Sunday that people go for a whole month. 
You're going back on a Wednesday? That's foolishness. Twice? Yeah, you've been here this morning and you come back tonight? See, that's foolishness to them. Then it says, nor can he know them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. So the things of God, things of the Spirit, are spiritually discerned. And if you're not saved, if you're not born again, you can't discern. Let me, let me, let me, let me put a little pin right there. there. You know there are people in church who are not saved? Have you ever met anybody? There are people in church who are not born again? I didn't say the church, in church. I said they're in church. They come to church. They go to church. They may even sing in the choir, but they're not saved. I better come over here. They may even be an usher or a deacon or whatever, pastors, but they've never given their lives to Jesus Christ. They might have grown up in church and been a nice kid and, you know, they sang and did all kind of things as a kid and went to all, you know, the little youth ministry and never got saved. So even that person who's in church has a hard time understanding the things of the Spirit. That's why you've taught other church people and you're talking about what you talk about and it's like foreign to them. What are you talking about? I remember I was about, uh, Dad Durbin and I were having lunch one day at a restaurant uh, here in, here in uh, the city. And uh, this, the guy who was, who was uh, attending to us, he, um, he was expressing a problem that he was having. He and his wife were having problems having uh, children. And so we said, well, you know, let's, can we pray for you? And, uh, well, he said, well, so, you know, God, the Holy Spirit will touch you. And, and God, the Holy Spirit will show us whatever, and so on and so forth. We're talking about the Holy Ghost. He said, well, who's that? He said, what's that? We was like, the Holy Ghost? So we asked him, because we had asked him about him going to church. Yeah, I go to church. He named the church. One of the fastest going churches in this area. You mentioned this morning. He, he says he goes to this church, and he he's, uh, works in the youth ministry. And I said, you've never heard of the Holy Ghost? No, what's that? The gifts of the Spirit? He said, no, the pastor never talked about it. About the Holy Ghost? <laughs> I'm saying, what in the world? You know, and, and then, you know, you, we can be mad at the preacher, but it's in his Bible. Am I right about it? It's in his Bible. But if you don't never really, uh, if you don't come to this level that we're talking about being spiritual, you'll never discern spiritual things. So you'll never be able to understand how the kingdom operates. So that's why people begin to ask us kind of, you know, these questions that uh, they begin to mock us and, you know, kind of uh, scorn us and so forth. All right? But go to First Peter 3. 14 and 15. Because what also happens here is whenever people don't understand, they attack. Has anybody experienced that? Yes. Whenever people don't understand, they attack. And so you have, you, if you're not careful, you can get over out of love and become defensive. And rebut and retort and, and start uh, clicking and get out of your walk of love and start going off in all your words. And the Bible says in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. In other words, you start talking too much, you're going to start getting into some error. 
hallelujah. This used to be a song, you talk too much. You never shut up. And what happens, you talk too much, especially in a defensive way, you can get over into some, um, you're going to get out of love. Let me just put it that way. You're going to get out of love. But when we do receive attacks, when we are questioned, the scripture says with us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, it says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. You are what? Blessed. How many of you want to be blessed? Wow. So suffer for righteousness' sake. It's not talking about you losing your house and your spouse and your car and your dog. It's talking about you suffering attack, persecution, people coming against you because of your righteous stand. Okay? He says, and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. See, you see the, the, the suffering he's talking about here? Don't be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Look at verse 15, please. Verse 15. But sanctify, set apart the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense. Not be defensive. Not defend yourself. Be ready to give a defense, or we can also substitute that word, or answer, to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Why do you have this hope? Why do you go to church? Why do you serve God? What, you know, um, glory to God. You remember when Job came under attack? Job, he came under attack. And the devil got in there and, you know, wiped out his kids, wiped out uh, all of his livestock, basically wiped his whole business out. And then the devil attacked his body and so forth. And Job's wife, or her beautiful self, says... You know, Job, do you still maintain your integrity? Why don't you just curse God and die? She's attacking. I mean, but you you understand, you kind of feel for her because it's a mama, all our kids are gone. Y'all understand what I'm saying? saying? Her kids, they're... All her sons and her daughters, they're, they're dead. They're gone. And she's, she's upset. Plus all the family business is gone, so she's been used to living high on the hall. Everything's gone. So she's upset. You know, before we pick on her. She's upset. But his response was, hey, you sound like one of the foolish women. Should we accept good and not accept evil? The Bible says in all this, Job sinned not, nor did he charge God foolishly. Job gave a quick response, didn't talk too much, and because he didn't talk too much, he never let the wrong words come out of his mouth. Watch this now. So it says, always ready to give a defense to everyone who asks your reason for the hope that is in you with meekness, gentleness, and fear. So you're going to be attacked. Tell your neighbor, you're going to be attacked. You are going to be questioned about your faith. By people, don't take this, don't take this wrong, smarter than you. 
by people who are more intellectual than you, by people who know the Quran better than you know your Bible. That's why we start the Bible class here coming up in here in August and September. People who know their, the tenets of their faith better than we've mastered ours. Because as Christians, we've kind of been lazy and not given ourselves to the apostles' doctrines, to, to the teachings. We just kind of come, praise God, have a good time, and praise the Lord and everything, but never immerse ourselves in the word of God to learn doctrines, to learn the teachings, to learn the principles, to learn the tenets of our faith. Get, get quiet. Go ahead. And, and we never learned that. So when, when we face a Jehovah's Witness or we face a, a Muslim or we face somebody of a different faith, you know, a black Hebrew Israelite, and they, they know their stuff back and forth. Matter of fact, you, you run into a solid, a solidly educated, combative Muslim, they know our Bible better than most of us know our Bible. Am I right about this or not? You try to come, yeah, but, 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 uh, but my pastor said, no, that ain't going to work. That's not going to work. You got to know for yourself what the word says. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So you got to be ready to give an answer, a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Now, one of the most simple things to do is to know your testimony. Because if, if, you're, if you're a baby in Christ, you just got saved two weeks ago, you know, two months ago, maybe even last year, you're not well-versed in the scriptures like, like you understand? But you have your testimony. Okay, remember the man in John chapter 9? Uh, let me tell you who it is. John chapter 9, this man, he's, he's born blind. And they ask, well, who, who sinned, the man or his parents such that this boy was born blind? Neither one of them sinned. This is just for the glory of God is going to be revealed in his life. And so Jesus comes, he heals the man, right, opens the blind man's eyes. Jesus leaves, leaves the scene. He did his job and he left the scene. Well, the man's left there with all the people, and all, all the religious people. Hey, what are you doing carrying your mat on this day? Or what are you doing carrying so forth? How'd you, how'd you get healed, they asked me. How'd you get healed? Well, this man, this man healed me. I don't know anything about him. Oh, is, is this, he's a sinner? I don't know. Whether he's a sinner or not, I know. Then he, he, he goes on and says in John 9, right around verse 35 or somewhere around there, one of the verses, he says, he says, now you know a sinner God doesn't hear. But somebody who worships God, he hears. So this man, he said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. All I know is I was blind, and now I see. You see, so he wasn't well-versed on Jesus. Y'all didn't catch that. He wasn't well-versed on Jesus, but he knew his testimony. So what I'm telling you is that even before you get well-versed on the word, you don't know the word back and forth, and you don't know the Pentateuch from the, from the epistles, you need to make sure you know your testimony. I once was, but now I am. Because here's what you got to make sure you always remember. A man with experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. 
I'll say it again. A man with experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. You can argue all you want about scriptures and everything. All I know is I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was strung out, now I'm free. I was a drunk, now I'm free. I was a whore, now I'm whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever, 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 whatever. Start there. Be ready to answer. Y'all got it? Okay, now let's pick up where we left off on Sunday. Um, because again, that's being ready all the time. Always be ready. Always be ready, it says, to give an answer, okay? So how do we deal with outsiders on a daily basis? Back in Colossians chapter 4, Colossians chapter 4, and verse 5 says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. Not talking about those who are outside, you know, at the park. It's talking about those who are outside the body of Christ, outside the faith, outside the family of God. Okay? So it tells us how to walk in wisdom toward them. Walk in wisdom toward them. Wow. Walk in wisdom towards them. So we're supposed to still have some sort of um, um, action, interaction toward them. One of the most dangerous things I shared this with you, I don't have time to keep going on this, but one of the most dangerous things that can happen in the body of Christ is when we get saved and become exclusive. That we never interact with anybody who's not in the faith. They're not a Christian. They're not born again. I'm only going to interact with other Christians. People start business. I'm only going to do business with other Christians. I'm only going to fellowship with other Christians. Well, you are going to be broke, first of all. <laughs> first of all. Because your Christians going to always look for the, for the Christian hookup. Okay, I'm going to come on this side. They're going to look for the Christian, Christian hookup. Okay? No, that's not how we operate. So, but if we only stay around each other, how can we ever win them? So notice we walk in wisdom toward. Now, y'all know I'm, I'm really messing with that word toward. But I'm just, I, it just popped out just then. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. So we ought to be headed toward them. That's what happened. That's what God made you get up out of your chair and go walk toward that man at the door. And when you walk toward him, he said, okay, now I'm going to start bringing some more people toward you. So walk in wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. wisdom. Now that word wisdom is the, the, uh, the Greek word Sophia. Sophia. G4678. Okay, from the Greek. And I didn't pull the whole definition of that word from the concordance. I'm only pulling what applies to this verse right here. Okay? That word Sophia means devout and proper prudence in intercourse or our, our exchange with men not disciples of Christ. Notice that? So notice how we, how we intermingle with those who aren't disciples of Christ. You see that? Intercourse with them. I know what intercourse means, right? It's talking about having some sort of interaction with them, exchange with them. Oh, no, I can't be around sinners. Well, Jesus said, I didn't come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. 
That's why he would accept invitations to go and sit in the house of a publican. Tax collectors. And sinners. And the religious folk begin to accuse Jesus and says, Jesus, he's a friend of sinners. Well, he never said that. He wasn't a friend, but he was friendly. He was inviting enough that they wanted to be around him. Sometimes we can be so saved, nobody wants to be around us. <laughs> so sanctified, people, nobody wants to be around us. Now, I'm not talking about you're supposed to come down and start sinning. I'm talking about don't, don't, don't be so high in the cloud that you can't, you can't talk to somebody. You don't, you don't know anything about sports or, or nothing or food. You can, you can find something to talk about. Well, I sure like me some chicken right now. You can find something to talk about. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. No, don't, not right now, Chris. Chris he's still. <laughs> he, he was about to get stammering lips. <laughs> I know how you feel, brother. So it says, look at the second part of this. And discretion, discretion, in imparting Christian truth. In other words, this is how you're dealing with that sinner. Discretion in imparting Christian truth. So towards them, I'm not coming to talk down on their level. Now, I can talk and relate, but my goal is to, to somehow impart and infuse Christian truth into my conversation with you. Because you meeting me is a setup. Me meeting you is a setup. You may not know I'm talking about that sinner. That sinner may not know it, but them meeting me is a setup. Them meeting you is a setup. That, that's why, go back, go back to our scripture, uh, Colossians 4, verse 5, and give me the, the CEV. Look at the CEV on, on this real quick. Colossians 4, verse 5 in the CEV. Watch this. We read it Sunday. This is going to be fair familiar to you. Four and five, because notice it says here, redeeming the time. Look what it says here. When you are with unbelievers, always make good use of the time. So take advantage of the time you have with them. Hallelujah. That means you've got to have conversation. Glory to God. Now, I'm not sitting here acting like I've done the best job of this. But understand that this comes to me first. So I get challenged by this first, Marie. The Lord shows me this. Hey, here's how you're supposed to do this. Because he showed me the error of my thinking. The error of my own thinking regarding outsiders, unbelievers. And Sean, no, you got to reach them and take advantage of the, of the time you have with them. Don't just shoot the breeze. Shoot your shot. Yeah, some of y'all know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. Shoot your shot. I mean, go for it. Yes, try to score here. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Go to verse, uh, no, go to the uh, passion on this same verse. We'll get to verse 6 in a minute. Is it all right if we take as much time as we need on this? Yeah. 
Is this subject good? Yes. Is this subject worth it to us to win? Is it worth it to us to win the family of God back because that's all God wants. That's the whole reason why he sent his son Jesus Christ to get his family back because Adam blew it, but Jesus Christ came to get it all back. Is it worth it to us to really figure out and see what God says on how to deal with our, our some of us, our own family members? Some of us, our co-workers and our friends and our neighbors. And the, and the young girl or the young guy who's a clerk at Publix and the person who washes the car and wh whoever does whatever, the male lady, the mailman. I mean, it's, it's just important that we begin to see every person as, as if, if we don't know for sure that they're an insider, then we're going to assume they're an outsider. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, the Bible says by, by their fruits, you know, you'll know them. By their fruits, you'll know them. So if you don't know there's any fruit inside of fruit, well, they're a good person. No, 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 no. Don't let good fool you. Good is great, but hell's going to be full of good people. I said hell's going to be full of good people because there's nobody good enough to go into heaven. Jesus Christ had to do the work. We have to receive Jesus, yes. repent of our sins, yes. repent of our ways, and follow him. Yes, so if I don't, if, if, if I don't, see that, that's why even when people join our church and we send people to ground school, we make the assumption you don't know anything about salvation. Right. That's why we don't just say, oh, you are the born again, well, we're going to skip to chapter two. No, we make the assumption that you either you're not born again or you don't understand it. We're going to make sure we teach it right by the Bible. Because everybody has to know. Because if not, then you're not prepared to give an answer to somebody else. Remember, the whole point of this thing is to just perpetuate this thing. You get saved, and you go out there and get somebody else saved, and keep getting more saved. And they go out there and get some more people saved until all the whole family of, of heaven, the whole family comes in. Glory to God. How many of y'all can think of four or five people you want to hit see them saved? All right. So we're going to walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. Look at this. In the passage... Passion Translation, it says, walk in the wisdom of God as you live before the unbelievers, as you live before them. That's why we don't live in a commune. I mean, some people probably wish, man, I wish all the Christians could just get our own walled community and we all come and we have our own store, our own barbershops, our own everything, and we just all live together in this, that's Jim Jones. Y'all remember Jim Jones? People drinking Kool-Aid and they didn't come back to the States. Down there, where were they? In, well, Ga Ga Guyana, right? Ghana? What was it? Oh, Guyana, Guyana. How many of y'all never heard of Jim Jones? Never heard of Jim Jones. So y'all, okay, some of y'all never heard of, oh man, Jim Jones is, that's what they did. And before you know this guy had people out there drinking his Kool-Aid and they, so no, we're not meant to live in a commune. We're part of the community out here, and we got to live before them. Walk, uh, it says, as you live before the unbelievers, and make it your what? Duty. Duty to make him known. To make him known. That's good. Like Introduce him. It's my duty to make him known. It's my duty to make him known. Y'all see this? So notice I'm focusing on this part here about walking in wisdom. 
Because that wisdom, again said from the word Sophia, is devout and proper prudence in intercourse with men, not disciples of Christ, skill and discretion in imparting Christian truth. All right? Now let me keep going because I told you this Sunday is we've got to make sure that we don't disparage unbelievers. We don't belittle them. We don't, we don't hit them across the head with a hammer because they don't believe in the Lord. Because, let me give you another scripture tonight. We've got to understand something. Take a Corinthians 4. Understand that they are ignorant. I told you that Sunday, right? But also I want you to know, to know that they are blind to the truth. They are blind to the truth. Everybody say blind to the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3 and 4, back in the New King James. Here's what Paul says. But even if our gospel is veiled or hid, it is veiled to those who are perishing. King James says lost. This is the outsiders. So if our gospel is veiled or hidden, is lost to those, is hid, hidden to those who are lost or outside. Okay? Verse 4. Here's why they're lost. Whose minds, read it with me, the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, whose image of God should shine on them. So the reason why they don't believe is because they're blinded. By who? The God of this age. Who is that? That's Satan himself. He's blinded people. So people in the world, outsiders, they think they're, they're free. They think they're walking in this liberty. But they're not. They're blind. They think they're woke. Isn't that the big word we hear today? Everybody's woke. They don't realize they are not woke. They are in a coma. We're the ones that are woke. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're the ones that have seen the light. We're the ones who have revelation. We're the ones who have the wisdom of God. So don't let anybody make you feel bad because you ain't acting like you woke. But also, don't disparage them because they are blind. The thing about it is they don't know they're blind. So we have to have a little patience. Oh, everybody say patience. We got to have some patience with people. They need to get right. That's true. That's true. But you didn't get right at first. Oh, no. When God called me, I answered. On the 17th call. He's been calling you 17 years when you finally answered this call. You, you, he kept leaving messages for you on the answer machine. You wouldn't even start 69, God. Is that God calling me? Y'all remember start 69? You wouldn't even start 69, the Lord. You wouldn't even do that. Start 69, what we had before we had caller ID. Now we have caller ID. It tells you who's calling. Before Jonathan, we didn't have, I'm explaining Jonathan, we didn't have caller ID. We didn't even have cordless phones till later on. So I said, somebody call me from this number. (laughs) 
You see? So they're blind and they need to be saved. Yes. But you don't understand. They're going to go to hell if they don't get saved. That's right. That's all right. You're right. You're right. But you don't beat them into this. Through loving kindness, God says, I've drawn you unto me. And further, he, Jesus said, no man comes to me except the Father draws him. So God, the reason you and I are saved is because he drew us to him. Hallelujah. So what do we do when we see somebody born like that? Father, draw on their heart. Father, draw on that person's heart. You know, you can, you can pray that while you're standing in the grocery store. In the line, just on, seeing that young lady, Father, just draw, draw on their heart. Just draw on their heart. Just draw on their heart. You, know, you understand that that's what intercession is all about. That person cutting your hair or curling your hair or whatever, just draw on their heart. Draw on their heart, Jesus. Draw on their heart. And, and God will open the door and give you the chance now to be able to start dropping little nuggets. Then you can all of a sudden go in. You're ready to be saved now. Yes. <laughs> yes, you know, I've been thinking about that for the last seven weeks. Yeah, you know why? Because I was praying, Lord, draw on their heart. Won't he do it? I was thinking about the other day, yesterday, when I, how I got saved. Man, it just, it just, just every time I think about it, I'm like, Lord, wow. He drew on my heart. He just drew my heart. I, I'm sitting there. I'm outside playing with all other kids. And when I say play, I'm, a, I'm a, at that time a senior in high school. And uh, out there hanging out. We weren't playing. We were playing. <laughs> Remember that, Gershom? We were playing. It's what players do. We were playing. And, um, and I remember just all, all of a sudden nowhere, I found myself sitting on the back row of the church. Like I don't, I don't remember how I got from outside to the back row of the church. And soon as the man of God stood up, I don't even know if I let him finish the altar call. I found myself, I ran from there to this altar. Not to this altar, but to my home church, to the altar. Giving my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody had been praying, Lord, draw on his heart. And I grew up in a pastor's household. I was a good boy. As far as everybody do, you know what I'm saying? A good boy. <laughs> but the Lord had to draw my heart. So now I pay it forward. Tell your neighbor, pay it forward, pay it forward. See, somebody drew on your heart, somebody prayed for God to draw your heart, so now you pay it forward. Hallelujah. You sit in that classroom, every one of those kids, Lord, just draw on their heart. Drawing their hearts. Hallelujah. Sitting there in HPCA, Lord, just drawing their hearts in Jesus' name. We're praying right now. All those teenagers that are over there and stand out youth right now, Father, draw, just shut your hands towards Builder for right now. Father, draw on their hearts right now in Jesus' name. Draw on their hearts. Lord, draw them into your family. Cause them to know who you are. Cause them to have a hunger and a thirst that they can't find fulfillment in the world or anything or anyone else. Draw on their hearts, dear Lord, in the name of Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I'm expecting. Just give God a praise for that right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're expecting. We believe, we receive, and we pray. We've asked according to your will, oh God. We know you hear us. And since we know you hear us, we know we have, and we've asked you, God. You are drawn in our hearts. Even now, they're coming in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody you want saved, just begin to pray it every day. Lord, just draw on their hearts. Draw on their hearts. Draw on their hearts. Hallelujah. Believing for their salvation. Come on, we can, we can add that to our, you know, believing God for a house and believing God for a car. Let's go and believe for some, for some salvations. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I have Believe God for somebody to be born again and come into the family of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want the souls. We want the souls. We want the lives. Hallelujah. We don't want anybody going to hell. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, over there right now, those youth, they're learning about hell. They've been learning about the hell the last uh, few weeks here. Hell and heaven, the difference. But you know, <laughs> Some, some, some of them today, I'm not talking about them, but youth today, some of them, you can't scare the hell out of them. Because some of them are so blind because the devil has done a good job of blinding people that they have this mindset that hell is going to be a party place, it's going to be a wonderful place, they're going to hang out with all their friends, and, and they don't know, and you tell them that's not the truth. But you got to, how you know that the truth? Because the Bible says, oh, I don't believe the Bible. That's what I learned tonight about, hey, making sure you believe that, that the Bible is truth. See? Well, wh what do we do? Lord, draw on their hearts. Because the reality of it is, God doesn't want you to get saved because you're scared of hell. That's not the right motivation to get saved. You get saved because you're drawn to him. Right? You, you didn't fall in love with your, your baby because you were scared of somebody else. You fell in love with your husband, your wife because you were drawn to them. They wooed you. Or you wooed them, however it is, right? But that's what Father God has been doing. Wooing his people. You know what? I'm going I'm to I'm put my son on the cross for you. That's how much I love you. Jesus. Man, man, man. I'm, oh, that's a wonderful love. That's a great love. Hallelujah. Well, he didn't die just for our sins, but he died for the sins of the whole world, the Bible says. The sins of the whole world. Hallelujah. There's not a person on this planet that he didn't shed the blood of Jesus for. 
Thank you, Lord. All souls are his. Now, unfortunately, there are people who've already made an agreement with hell, a covenant with death, and they've rejected and flat out have no intention, and they're the wicked, and will never come. But that's not the mass majority of people. The mass majority of people are, thank you, Lord. There was one man Jesus was talking to, and he asked him about the commandments and everything, and he, the God gave Jesus the right answer, and Jesus said, you are so close to the kingdom. But he didn't tell him he was in. He said, you are so close to the kingdom. He was a good person, knew the law, understood morals. That's what Jesus was asking him, asking him about. And Jesus said, you are so close to the kingdom. How many of you ever heard that uh, close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades? Hand grenade, you, you just got to be close. I ain't got to hit you in the head, Maya. I just got to be close to you with a hand grenade. Jesus said, you're close to the kingdom. But he had told Nicodemus, except the man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. See? So there are people out there who they're close because they're good. They don't cuss. They don't smoke. They don't drink. They don't, they, they don't mistreat their families. I mean, they, are, they, they, do, they, they do charity work all the time. They're good, good people. But they're still blind. And we've got to pray, Lord, Draw on their hearts. Say that one more time with me. Lord, Lord draw on their hearts. Just, I, I want you to just take, a, take about 10 seconds because you can do it in 10 seconds. And get, get three, four, five people in your mind. There are people that are probably already on your mind you've been thinking about. Just think about it just for a few moments. Just a few moments. Mm -hmm. I, got, I got families I'm thinking about. People I'm thinking about. Then let's put our faith together. Lift your hands. And let's just say it for that person. Keep that person on your heart. Lord, Lord draw on their hearts. Lord, draw on their hearts. Bring them in to your family. Let their eyes be open to the truth of your word. Draw on their hearts today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now give God thanks that they're coming in. 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 I said they're coming in. They're coming in. They're coming into the family of God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. to go out there. Laborers in the harvest. Do the angels know how to maneuver things, Joe? Angels, God sends angels to connect people. 
I told you Sunday, that's why Cornelius in Acts 10, Cornelius had been praying and fasting and trying to get a connection with God. He, he was close. He, he was close to the, to, to the kingdom, but he wasn't in. He was close. And God sent an angel to him, told him what to do. And then God gave Peter a vision and told him where to go and connected those two together. So he went from being close to the kingdom to him being in the kingdom, him and his household and all the ones he gathered together to hear the word. And the Holy Ghost fell on them while Peter was still speaking. When God connects folk, you ain't even got, got to finish all three points in your poem. While you're still speaking, while you're still talking, God will fall on that one who he's been drawing their heart to him. Oh, God loves them. I said God loves them. I said God loves them. Every one of them, Barry. When you're in that class tomorrow, just, Lord, just draw on their hearts. Just draw on their hearts. Draw on their hearts. Paulette, in your line of work, you run into all kind of people with all kind of major issues that, that the state can't fix. And they try. They do the best they can. But they can't fix it. Oh, but, but God. <laughs> Oh, by the precious Holy Ghost. The precious Holy Ghost can fix it. He can fix people. We're living proof. He can change lives. Thank you, Lord. So when we fellowship and connect and have exchange and go towards them, taking advantage of the time, hallelujah, Thank you, Lord. Come on, praise him right now. Come on and praise him right now. Come on and praise him right now. You are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord of all. You are Lord. You are Lord. Jesus.
Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. And we bow right now. We lift our hands right now. We declare right now, Jesus Christ is Lord. We settle in our hearts right now. He is Lord of all. Oh. Oh, we will not be tossed to and fro. We will not waver. We are settled on Jesus being Lord of all. And he reigns forever. King of kings, Lord of lords. Oh, my. My. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh my. Mm -mm 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 -mm. <laughs> God's about to light every one of us up. I'm talking about with a glorious light that you and I will be walking lighthouses for those who are drifting in darkness, those who are drifting being tossed by the wind and the waves on the seas, those who've lost their way, those who've lost their way and they couldn't find their way back. He's about to light every one of us up as lighthouses in this earth. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Be ready. Be ready to talk to all sorts of people. Be ready to receive all sorts of people. Be ready. Hallelujah. With wisdom. The Bible says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that wins souls is wise. God's going to allow us to win people's souls so we can impart spiritual truths into them. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. People who might look like, dress like, seem like they'd have nothing to do with you. Their hearts are being opened to hear what you have to say. And yes, you have something to say. You have something to say. Hallelujah. Just open your mouth and let him speak for you. Let him speak for you. Let him give you what to say. 
Let him give you what to say. He'll give you in that same hour what to say. You don't even have to meditate ahead of time on what to say. He will give you in the same hour what to say. Thank you, Lord. For the Lord is doing a work in the earth right now. Don't be deceived and don't be moved by the chaos from the enemy. Keep your hearts and your minds on what the Lord is calling us to do. For he is doing a mighty work, a great work in this earth even now and in this region even now and in this city even now and everywhere you go even now. You'll be used to do great works. Not only in preaching the word, but in demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. Whatever he says unto you, do it. It's only foolishness when you're not spiritual. But whatever he says to you, do it. And watch the mighty works that he does through your life. Don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid. Don't disqualify yourself. The Father in you is doing the work. Walk in love. Walk in love at all times. Resist strife. Resist contention. Resist wrath. Resist unforgiveness. Walk in love as dear children and watch how God uses you like never before. Everybody just stand to your feet and lift your hands. Let's just worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just worship him. Just lift your hands and lift your voice. In your own way, softly, loud, or however you want to do it, just, 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 just worship him tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Brother Barry, come on, get on this keyboard.
Brother Bear, get on his keyboard. Hallelujah. You just, just hold me a B flat chord, C chord, B chord, whatever. Let's just, just worship just a few more moments. Come on. Hallelujah. Sombra onde gera mandere rebe gera ma sombre be kiara mando rene meshe era mashita Sombra ondore rebe rebe mede era mando kosiara ma sonde Sombra ondo kosiara la mande Sora mamrostonde era mando romo koshete Sora mamrestende Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you want God to use you, just say, Lord, use me. Just use me. Use me. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. For your service. Use me, Lord. For your service. Use me, Lord. In this hour, the Bible says that your people shall all be willing in the day of your power. God's people shall all be willing, volunteers, in the day of his power. We're in the day of his power, so Lord, we volunteer ourselves. Use us, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> We're going to be shocked at how easily people come to Jesus. It's going to be so easy, we're going to say, is that easy? I 
I could have or I should have been doing this all along. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, tonight, thank you for the freedom of the Holy Ghost. We certainly ask you to have your way. We yielded ourselves and gave you liberty, and thank you that you did just that. You redirected led us by your spirit into what needed to be shared tonight. Thank you, Lord, that your plans are far, they're much better than our plans could ever be. We can't map out the spirit. But we let you do what you want to do. Thank you tonight for what you've imparted to us how you'll use us to impart to others. Father, I pray tonight for every one of those people that we called out in our hearts. Those faces, those names, those individuals, those families that we called out. Thank you that we'll begin to see them coming in and we'll begin to find it so easy to minister the word of God to them and they will easily come, easily come. Thank you. Thank you. That in this hour, we are willing vessels in the day of your power. Lord, use us like never before. Use us. We don't box you into how we've been used before. We don't box you into what you've done in our lives before. Any way you want to use us, God, whatever you tell us to do. Thank you. I pray that you, you release, Father, in this house a great boldness, a mighty boldness on every one of these, your precious people, Father, me included, a great boldness to preach, to teach, to share, and demonstrate your word. Not just here, but outside. Everywhere we go, that people may come to know Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. And we give you the praise in advance for all the fruit that'll come out of this night alone, just this night alone the abundant harvest of fruit that will come in, the abundant, the net breaking load of souls that will come in from this night alone.
Thank you. That as they come in, we'll receive love and let the Holy Ghost do the work inside them. Thank you. They're coming. They're coming. We call the whole city to our door. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. They're coming. We receive them. Tonight, thank you for what you've spoken. Thank you for what you've done. What is to come? For this we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God for his greatness. He's sweet to us. What a sweet Savior we serve. Thank you, Lord. Well, what you going to do when the Lord has his way? You let him have his way. Amen. I didn't even get into the message tonight. I'm still trying to, this, that was all review tonight. So we'll just keep on going next week. Amen. This weekend is a great weekend, a power-packed weekend. This coming Saturday, uh, our women's prayer, 10 a.m. to noon. I know, women, you'll start fasting around noon on Saturday. And so give yourself some time. Fast. Don't just say, I can't fast. I'm not, I don't know how to do that. You can fast. You can 